Welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. Our aim is to encourage, equip, and inspire women to be deeply rooted in Jesus. In each episode, we will discuss relevant topics that help us apply the gospel to our everyday living. We're your hosts, Diane and Ethan Jago. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of the Deeply Rooted Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Jago, and I'm here with my husband, Ethan Jago. <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Diane and I are currently sitting in our studio, a.k.a. our closet, closet <laughs> of our bedroom. Uh, we recently moved into a new home, and it's been such a blessing, and we actually have a closet where we can both fit sitting down in. Yeah. So I feel like our quarantine is a little bit different because we're just excited to spend time in our new home. Maybe it would be different if we were. I think so. I mean, yeah. we've, we've got a lot of stuff to do. And speaking of the quarantine, though, I was wondering, this is something I've been asking some friends of mine is, yeah. I want to ask you, my wife, what is one restaurant when all this is done? What is one restaurant you can't wait to go sit in? Hmm. I would say... Okay, there's a local spot, because we're in Pensacola, there's lots of good seafood here, that place across the beach, like, mm. sit outside, get some fresh grouper, Yes. have a soda. And... Dude, yeah. When we, <laughs> when we first moved here, I remember we left the beach, and as we drove by, we saw it. It's two steps above a food truck, I would say. Yeah. It's very small, though, and we're like, oh, let's give it a shot. Holy smokes. That fried grouper yeah. and their cocktail sauce, too, or no, tartar sauce, that's yeah. what it was. It was epic. Well, How about you? I do like the good seafood. It's def it's got to be Mexican, hands down Mexican mm. food. There's just something about when you go to the place, you sit down, they bring out, especially when it's fresh, hot chips. Yeah. And, you know, you can still kind of see the oil on it or whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, the salsa, but most definitely the queso fundido, like the hot oh, cheese yeah. dip. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't compare with that. I love cooking Mexican food, but there's just something about eating it at a restaurant. Speaking of cooking things, today we had an awesome opportunity at our church uh, to do, since we obviously aren't going to church physically, we did online uh, campus church with our church, Olive Baptist. And Diane, you broke, you know, you baked bread today. Yeah, the kids and I did. It was a lot of fun. It was like a Dutch oven, quick bread recipe. It took not that long, surprisingly, and it tasted so good. But I love that our pastor was like, don't focus on the texture or the taste. No matter what you're eating, Ritz crackers, fancy bread, just think about the fact that this is about remembrance. This is about um, the three R's, remembrance, repentance, and rejoicing. And rejoicing. Sorry, I didn't think of it. Well, and another huge awesome thing too, guys, is if those of you listening to us, if you, if you don't know us very well or anything else, is recently I had the opportunity to baptize my two eldest kids. And so this is the first time they were actually able to participate yeah. in the Lord's Supper. And it was so cool. We did it in our home. I stood on the other side of the kitchen island and I broke bread and we talked about what Christ did for us with, with his body and the bread. And then also yeah. the cranberry juice. And it was just, I, man, it was such a good time. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So there are some small benefits coming out of this quarantine, but I'm not going to lie. I'll be very happy when we can get back into church corporately and we can go to our restaurants and uh, I'm sure some of you guys listening to, uh, you, you probably feel the same way. Yeah. So, Diane, what are we talking about today on our podcast? So the whole theme of, I guess, this season or whatever you want to call it is just rooted in Christ. And the reason we chose that is because we've been using the hashtag Be Deeply Rooted since we started six years ago. It was actually our six year 
birthday for Deeply yeah, Rooted. Yeah. Like, I don't even know the official date. It's in March. So, <laughs> yeah. Yay. Happy birthday, Deeply Rooted. But yeah, we've been saying be deeply rooted. And then usually we follow that hashtag up with another one rooted in Christ. And so we just want to, I guess, talk about what does it mean to be rooted in Jesus Christ? And so today's first episode is what is the gospel? Yeah. And now why, why did we choose to go over at the beginning, the first episode we're going to be kicking it off and with all the different topics, why, what is the gospel? What's why? I think because one, it's what our lives are founded upon as Christians. Um, two, it's what our magazine is built upon. We just want to show our readers, how does the gospel, this message that transforms us, this message that we've completely given ourselves to, how does this connect to our everyday living? And so we do that through the publication and this podcast is just another extension of that same mission. Yeah. And to, to go along with this too, is let's, let's provide some background context into the gospel and let's actually just, let's get into the nuts and bolts of this the Greek word uh, for the gospel, which, you know, everything in the New Testament, which is the first time we started seeing the word being used, is euangelion, which translates into good news. Mm-hmm. And so it's translating into good news and good news of what? What is the good news? That's the big question that was on everyone's tongue in, in the New Testament as we're trying to see there. And I think the best way for us to kind of describe this is let's go to scripture. Yeah. So uh, let's go to... Diane, you have that pulled up for us? Yeah, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. All right, and we're going to be reading from the English Standard Version. Uh, if you guys are following along with us and you're using a different version, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. We just prefer right now the ESV. We also use some other versions too, especially in our studies. But just so you guys are tracking, we're going to be using the ESV. So Diane, would you read that for us? Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. All right, so pop quiz. Don't look at your Bible. <laughs> Summarize what is the gospel from what the Apostle Paul just wrote here. What did he just say? Summarize that. What is the gospel? According to the scriptures, it's that Christ died, was buried, and rose again. Perfect. Yeah. I put her on the spot, guys. I wish you could have seen her face <laughs> as I asked her that. She she looked up from her Bible with these big eyes like, what? This isn't going according to plan. And uh, that's just how, you know, I just think it's funny. But yeah, Thanks, you're right. Uh, <laughs> in, in verse three, it's I mean, it's incredible how this right here just really sums it up. For I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received. And so what we see the Apostle Paul doing here is, is continuing to spread the good news that he received. Right. And what's really cool. I mean, if we really wanted to dig into pause, how did he receive that? He got that directly from Christ, remember? Yeah. When he in he came and showed himself to Paul along the road to Damascus. I think that's pretty crazy. And then what did he receive? Well, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day. And he kind of I would say bookshelves it with accordance in accordance with the scriptures. Our I think book that's ends, yeah. yeah, bookends. Thank you. <laughs> he uh I think that's really cool here. So the gospel is Jesus came, he died on the cross, he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day. So that seems pretty simple, but I don't know about you. I mean, I see the term gospel being used all the time. Yeah, it's everywhere. I think because 
the gospel, those are two words compared to this longer description that we see here in the verse. I feel like this verse in itself is also a summarized version of deeper truths, the fact that we're sinful, the fact that we need saving in the first place. And so we feel intimidated when we have to go and share the gospel with people because um, it feels like there's a lot to unpack. So it's easy to hide behind, you know, just saying the gospel. It's just a short and, short and sweet version of summarizing this larger truth. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I hear it all the time. You know, uh, I've been to a few Bible studies and they're, they're like, you know, just, just the gospel, man, the gospel, or just even talking to people. Yeah. I'm like, well, what do you mean by the gospel? Because the context in which I hear people using it sometimes, I feel like they misappropriate the word in the context of what the word actually means. You know, the, just sitting and hearing Bible teaching and stuff like, yes, that's great, but we've got to be careful in what we're using the word gospel to represent. Yeah. Even just like one example that I think of is we just need to live out the gospel. Well, yeah, what does dude. that mean? What? Yeah. I mean, seriously, what does that mean? Yeah. We need to live out the gospel. What you need, I need to live out that Christ died, buried, and was rose again. I, what, I guess it's live out the implications of the gospel. But if we don't know what the gospel is, then yeah, how I can think, we live it out? No, I, th- I think it's a catch-22 is we need to have a proper understanding of what the gospel is so we can actually live out the gospel. Yeah. And I, I also think the gospel message in the gospel is kind of tied in, like I just said, the gospel message, mm-hmm. but then also it's tied into evangelism as well, yeah. you know, and maybe that's what it is that people are saying when you hear that, live out the gospel. Sometimes, I don't know, because sometimes I feel like when I hear people talk about it, it's when you hear live out the gospel, it just means love people, be kind, have compassion, like give of yourself, but um, there's no clarifying like reasons for I don't know does that make sense like yeah no I I think I think it does um in one one kind of stipulating fact that we should I again really clarify with all of this is where did the gospel originally come from you kind of talked about this a few seconds ago mm-hmm. is the need of the gospel that came in so who sent this gospel to us John the Baptist <laughs> prepared well, the way for him. Yeah, John the Baptist prepared the way for Christ, but ultimately came from God. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, Sunday school so, answer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> God, yeah, that's the one time you can use it, and I'm not going to laugh at you. Um, but no, the, the gospel comes from God. Therefore, it's divine, and it's not of human origin, which I think is very uh, important that we you know, really emphasize this. It's not something that Paul made up. It's not something that John the Baptist even made up. I feel stupid for saying that. I mean, well, no, I think you're saying that, guys, because we've been watching the show Chosen. The Chosen. The Chosen. And uh, we just finished up the episode where they've been talking about John the Baptist and they read from the scrolls in Isaiah. Yeah. And so I think John the Baptist is just kind of going in your mind right now. And so, but no, I mean, honestly, he he prepared the way for the gospel. Like he laid the foundations of... Uh, Jesus's ministry kind of just handed it off, if you will, and he, I, he must increase and I must decrease. But it's it's just important for us to know that it the gospel is not of human origin. It's not something we made up mm-hmm. on our own. It is divine in its nature, and it's divine in the contents. Because what is encapsulated in the gospel, the action of the gospel when it happened? Christ died on the cross for our sins, which is essentially what the gospel is. So one question I have for you, Diane, is, and this is something that I, I've heard often, especially in, I'm not trying to pick on women's ministry here. Uh, it definitely happens in men's ministry. Uh, and I've actually even seen this go through some schooling I've gone through is the question, what does the gospel mean to you? Ooh. What 
what problem can arise when that is presented? And let's let's give let me give you context mm-hmm. in a small group setting. You're sitting around, you know, you just finished reading the Bible and someone says, you know, Diane, what what does the gospel mean to you? The problem with that is just personal interpretation. Everyone will come to that question with, I don't know, just their different upbringings, their different, just the way that they interpret things like that opens the door to there being many different different types of gospels like it, it means this to me but yeah. for you you might have a different gospel that's your truth this is my truth oh dude yeah <laughs> so I, again it almost gets into the experienced based gospel yeah well my gospel says that jesus you know likes to wear sweaters and goes to starbucks you know that's that's what's well, what the gospel means <laughs> to me and there's actually a funny book called when god goes to starbucks or jesus when jesus goes to starbucks it's pretty cool <laughs> but yeah i mean that that is definitely a problem and have you seen that? Um, you don't have to give specifics. I don't want to call anybody. Have you seen that in your ministry and what you've been through? I think I've seen versions of it. Maybe not point blank where someone's asking, like, define the gospel in your own terms type of a thing. But just especially in, like, small group settings where there's just opportunities to really get off track. And <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't know if you can hear that. But... There's, like, 60. <laughs> Our German shepherd just started sneezing. <laughs> one or two. I don't know if you heard that or not, but hopefully you didn't. But I'm just going to keep it in here because I think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so um, um, can yeah. you remember, can you pick up where you just were? Yeah, I guess just when I think of like women's small group breakouts, there's just so many opportunities to veer off track for people's interpretations to kind of be off the wall or not according to the scriptures as this verse says. Yeah. And I think that's the key point that you brought it back to scripture. Like what? What is your source of where you've derived your information from? Well, I think the reason why we see Paul saying in accordance with, in accordance with mm-hmm. the scriptures, is that is constantly what he's going back to, and we as Christians, that is what we should always be going back to. That is our source of measurement. That is the standard to which we're judged, and ultimately in which everyone will be judged. And you know what's cool about this too, Diane, is your book. A holy pursuit. Yes, I'm gonna we're gonna shamelessly plug this uh, because I love it. But it's a holy pursuit. And then what is the little subtitle you have? How the gospel frees us to follow and lay down our dreams. So what does that mean? Well, the book kind of answers the question like, what does it mean to be a Christian and to chase our dreams? And that's a whole nother subject and topic. But just knowing that kind of what I said earlier, if we have given ourselves to Jesus Christ, we've committed our lives to him and his gospel, his good news transforms our lives. Like, how does that change the way that we dream as Christians? And I I like what you said there is how that how the gospel transforms our lives. So not only is this of, you know, the the divineness of the gospel message, but what it does to you as an individual is incredible, right? How you were before salvation than how you were after salvation, you know, like yeah. I know for me, there is a very specific kind of line in which prior to conversion, then after conversion, where when I look back on my life after I became a Christian, I'm like, holy smokes, dude, like, what was I thinking? Yeah, there's really no point no area in your life that the gospel doesn't touch, doesn't change, doesn't transform. It really informs every decision that you do, every action that you take, every thought that you think. It just permeates everywhere. And sometimes I think that it's easy to put Christianity in this 
box where this is one category of my life and then elsewhere everything doesn't like it just doesn't mix together but really that message changes and transforms everything so do we want to talk about let's just lay out the gospel we said the simple form of it being christ died for our sins was buried resurrected yeah the interesting thing is is you'll see guys if you just even do a google search uh, you'll see a lot of books written the gospel according to paul the gospel according to you know there's a lot of the gospel accordings too because each person had a slightly different perspective of uh, the passion narrative and everything else that happened. However, when you when you actually look at it, it's the same. And that is, in my opinion, one of the credibility tests that we have when it comes to skeptics questioning what the scriptures is are the scriptures valid. You know, is look at the different perspectives. If this was in fact made up and these guys all came into collaboration together, it would read exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Just like if you plagiarize your next door. Uh, you know, you know, your partner's paper in high school or middle school or whatever. I mean, you were a perfect kid. You didn't, but I know I for a fact did, <laughs> oh, no. you know, and so you plagiarize that and the teacher, that's how you usually get caught. But the apostles didn't do that. So when we look at what the gospel is, it is, there's a problem that all men have. Mm-hmm. And that problem came from Adam, from original sin, right? Back in the garden. And we look in Genesis and what's interesting now, guys, I'm, I'm giving you kind of an elongated version here, but I feel like you really got to look at this because it really ties the whole narrative of the scripture together. In Genesis 3.15, when God curses Adam and Eve and God curses the snake, it says, you shall bruise his heel and he's going to bruise your head. That is a, you know, uh, kind of a foreshadowing of what's to come with Christ. And then all throughout the Old Testament, we see all these covenants God makes. Then finally, the new covenant comes in the New Testament with the birth of Christ. And then when he came and he did his, I mean, think about his ministry. It was only three years. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about that, I'm like, goodness sakes, man, like he did a ton in three years. So he came and he, he sought out the lost. He wasn't going for the nicest people, you know, the best looking. He was whining and dining with tax collectors and horrible people. So leading up to that, and now we're into the gospel. And the gospel is, is that Christ came to save those who are lost, to save those who couldn't save themselves. And how did he do that? Well, we all sin. We're full of sin. We're sinful nature. And if God is a just God, he's got to punish the sinful, right? Because if God is holy and God is just, he cannot let anyone go through without punishment. And so he sent his son Christ to the earth, who is 100% God, 100% man, who experienced everything that a human being could have experienced, proved himself to have lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, and then the righteousness of Christ has been imputed all upon us. And when God uh, poured out the wrath of sin once and for all, for the past, for the current, and for the future, he did that in on Jesus. Mm. And when you think about that, that, that is heavy, dude. Mm-hmm. Like that is a heavy, heavy thought to think about what he uh, experienced on that point in time. And not only did he do it, the Bible says it pleased him. It pleased God. Yeah, yeah. Be- because he. this is coming to full fulfillment of what he said way back in the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This comes to fulfillment here. And you, you recently just wrote a blog article about this. I think it's really cool about how, from the perspective of Christ when he was in the garden, right before he was betrayed, what was he experiencing? And so that's what the gospel is, is Christ came to save the lost, to die on the cross for, ourself, for us in our stead, he was buried in the ground, rose three days later, because if Christ never rose again, as Paul says later on in uh, 1 Corinthians, is we are the most to be pitied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're a bunch of fools. 
But he did rise from the dead. He did, and he appeared to a lot of people, over 500 plus people. And then he ascended into heaven, and then, boom, that's it. And then now we have the Holy Spirit living in us. So that was a, a longer version of what the gospel is. But I mean, if you guys are sitting in your car or at your home and you hear that, and you're like, well, I would have said it differently. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, because each person is going to have a, a, a slightly different say of like, they may add in a few more things that I didn't, or they may take some stuff out. Like I would have boiled it down even more. And that's the great thing about the gospel is like, here, here's the, the skeleton of what the gospel is. Here it is. Yeah. As long as those like essential key components are in there, like, and I think that's where the issue comes up when we talk about the gospel is the fact that there are people that either add to the gospel. So they'll say like gospel plus works or they'll take away from the gospel. They'll leave out, you know, the topic of sin altogether, and then they'll just focus on God's love. And so I love that you covered all of those different areas because they're essential components to yeah, the gospel. And I mean, if, if we don't talk about sin, then there's no point in us even worrying about what the gospel is because it's not good news. It's good news to those who are dying. Yeah. And if you're not dying, it, it it's like going to the doctor uh, if you don't have a broken bone saying, hey, doctor, I need a cast on my arm. The doctor's like, dude, your arm's not broken. I'm like, oh, okay. But when your arm is broken, mm -hmm. you need that cast. You want that doctor. So it's the same thing here is if you don't understand what is what has actually happened in your life or happening in your life that you are a sinner and that you are going to go to hell if you don't have a faith in Christ and you don't believe the gospel. So I, I think that's important. Um, and that's kind of wrapping up. Um, I mean, we could really spend a lot more time talking about this, but I think that really is like the big emphasis of what you and I, Diane, wanted to convey to everyone listening about what is the gospel. And it's so crucial that we're very specific and we're very careful in the words that we choose to use, especially when it comes to using the gospel. So Diane, what are the other topics we're going to be talking about uh, in the future with this on our Rooted in Christ series? Yeah, we're going to be talking about um, scripture, um, the church, let's see, discipleship and evangelism. Awesome. And why did we choose those? They're all key components that come together under this like Rooted in Christ umbrella. We need scripture. We need the church. We need all of these um, aspects to truly be a disciple of Christ. Yeah. I mean, and also I think it really just continues on with the theme of our magazines too. Yeah. You know, from the get go, well, we've been very upfront in what we believe and why we believe it and we're unwilling to compromise. And so we just want to make sure our, our readers, our listeners and anyone else who joins in is, you know, we're all on the same foundation level, right? We, we all need to start at, the, let's just hit pause on what's going on. Let's just re reevaluate. And we're told to do this. You know, we, we see this in Acts as well, being a good Berean, we're searching the scriptures. So let's just reevaluate, assess ourselves. Hey, do, do I have a proper understanding of what the gospel is? And as you're listening to that, you're like, yeah, dude, I'm good. Cool. Let's move on. And, you know, we're just going to slowly do that uh, for this first season. And then as we move into more seasons of the podcast, we're going to be probably getting into what I'd like to is uh, get some feedback from our listeners and talk about topics that they want to bring up. Maybe even answer some questions that some people have been struggling with. Yeah. Yeah, we would love that. This whole podcast is just a new, fresh idea. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, so we're honored that you would take the time just to listen to this first episode. Um, so that wraps up our podcast for today. We just want to thank you guys so much for being here. If you're not already following us on social media, go ahead and check us out on Instagram at Deeply Rooted Mag. You can also find our magazine at deeplyrootedmagazine.com. 
And if you want, I'm just going to throw this out there. My book, A Holy Pursuit, How the Gospel Frees Us to Follow and Lay Down Our Dreams is also available wherever books are sold. So thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to leave us a comment if you enjoyed this episode. We'll talk to you guys next time.